You're listening to Big Girl Money. So upstairs, when we were enjoying our iced teas, you started telling me a story, but I wanted you to tell it on the podcast because oh, it's cracking me up. Okay. Um, was this? Oh, so I, you know. And I, it's really I funny because we were well, talking about trolling in this interview yes, that yes, we're going to have on that's the episode very true. today. Had she ever had trolls? Yes. Right? And you were being a little bit of a troll. Well, I'm not sure. I think I was calling out injustice in the world. Oh, okay. So I... As I think people have heard, um, some of my side effects of the cancer treatment have gotten better, right? Like the hot flashes. Mm -hmm. But the new and improved um, one side effect is anxiety attacks. Not fun. No. Never had one. I can't even believe that. When you told me that you had a panic attack for the first time in your entire life, that blew my mind. Right. Well, and bless your heart for dealing with it. Well, and... Maybe I was just clueless. Maybe I had them before, right? But this has been consistently. So I had two. I think the fact you've only had one is impressive. I've had two in five days. So I go to the medical marijuana. What doctor that specializes (laughs) in the dealer? It ain't a dealer, right? What? Like at the dispensary? No, there's a medical marijuana doctor that you get your license approved like an MD? Uh-huh, in Boulder. And oh. he specializes in this. Okay. And he talks through what's going on with you, and then he... So he's a doctor, not a dealer. No, he's not a dealer. Okay. That was ugly. <laughs> okay. But I didn't know what they were called. So. Okay. So I go there, and I get my little medical marijuana license, right? Yes. And, and so I actually, yesterday, for the first time in about almost two weeks, had my first new attack, you know, another anxiety attack and they get you to think about why you had one right (laughs) what what triggered this Mm -hmm. so I figured it out yesterday so I am I am on my um I see no I um it's called a cancer brain (laughs) it's called invasive lobular carcinoma ilc ilc facebook page okay people all over the world it's really helpful are on it yes and they talk to each other and support each other so i was watching this lady who had just gotten kind of following her Mm -hmm. train or stream of responses because she had said she just got diagnosed and she sounded just like me exactly like me with the progesterone positive and the other things negative Mm -hmm. and she's getting a lumpectomy Mm -hmm. And a woman writes back to her, um, you do know that almost always lobular cancer is multifocal, meaning there's two tumors, at least two. At least, it means yeah. at least more than one, right. right? Right. And so, and by getting this, when they take the one, or even if they think they've got them all, there's usually some left behind. It metastasizes and, and the lady's pretty much saying, you're going to die. But yeah. she doesn't say that. Right. And, and you also know that almost always, and she keeps using this almost always oh word. Um, and the original woman had already said, I'm having a lumpectomy. She wasn't saying, what should I'd I do? I'd like your input she was on pretty much what saying, I should do. She, you big dummy, why are you having a lumpectomy is what right, she was saying. Right. So she said the other thing about 
And it's usually in the other, almost always it's in the other breast. And so I, I got tired of it because it's <laughs> causing me to have anxiety because I've already picked my treatment plan, which is a lumpectomy, yes. right? And I'm in this trial and it's the tumors reducing size, but I'm like, she needs to stop. Right. So I sent her a note and I did my deep breathing first <laughs> before I did it. And I said, I hope you understand you need to pick your words carefully using almost always is not really helpful. Right. Because you what need, does that even mean? you need research, you need the statistics mm-hmm. because when you say that it just causes so much anxiety in, I can only say what it's doing for me that I've already picked my treatment plan. And now you're making me feel like, I'm doing the wrong thing. Did you say that in private or you no, posted I that did on it. the post? Yeah. That's I just posted there. it right <laughs> okay. back to her. So okay. she comes right back. Oh, no. Like 15 seconds later. Where is she? Like where in the world is she? I don't know. She didn't say. We should look. They have to. Yeah. yeah I think they do say somewhere in their profile. But yeah. And so she, she says, well, I'm just not a statistics person. That's just not what I do. What? And so then I was getting mad. At her. <laughs> like, well, then you need to shut up. So if you don't know the specifics, don't ever say anything then. Yeah, don't say almost always if you don't know that the number is close to 100%. Right. That's what almost always is interpreted as. So I promised myself, since I've been in the corporate world, that you never go back and forth more than three times. Oh. It just go. It just puts you down a rabbit hole. They're not listening anymore. What do you anymore. mean back and forth? Three? You okay. send three or there's one, two, three? It's three of each of us sending one to each other. Oh, so you so, send me one, I yeah. send you one, you send me so one more. So never, ever do it. a third time. Never, ever do a third response is what I've promised myself. Okay. I, li- I like that. That's good advice. And because you're just throwing good emotional money after bad. It's bad. I mean, you do was, you like that? That's a beautiful quote. <laughs> good emotional money after bad. Wow. Because you're... I love you, how you can always connect things to good career advice. Well, thank you're you. You're always connecting the dots. Well, that's kind of the point of the podcast. That's true. That's so I don't think if we met for beers later, I would do this in normal conversation. You honestly might. Come <laughs> yeah, on. <laughs> I honestly might. No one who I was talking to. <laughs> Okay, so, so it was, um, it was one of those things. So I get off and I'm kind of fuming a bit. Mm-hmm. I get in my car. I have to go to my next appointment and I have to back out. And the big landscaping truck is behind all three of our oh, garages. No. And, and so is that what the anxiety I have attack? asked them three times oh, to move this truck. Okay. She's so holding three in three. my face. I mean, fingers. like I'm so mad by this time, <laughs> oh, yes. but I calmly walked out and said, you need to, do you need to move your truck? Got in my car, waited for him to do it. And by that time, I was already steaming and the anxiety attack was coming off. And so I rolled down my window and I just screamed, you need to keep the truck out of our way. (laughs) Like a lunatic. Okay. So I I realize now I have lost my crap. Yeah. So I, I walk inside and go, I think it's a good time to try our new... Um, CBD, hemp oil, anxiety medicine that the medical marijuana guy has given me. Okay. Because I've just So you tell them to move your truck, they move it, and then you don't leave. I don't leave because I know (laughs) I shouldn't go to my next meeting with a panic attack coming on. So they... So, do you understand how that looks from the truck guy's oh, yeah. perspective? He's that like, you screamed yeah. to move oh, and then totally. you didn't even go anywhere? Exactly. <laughs> but I just squeezed my little 
thing under my tongue and let it sit for a, mi- a minute. And I got in my car oh, and I left. Oh, did it work? Yes. That's amazing. It was fabulous. Was it CBD? CBD and hemp. Okay, so no THC. No THC at all. Oh, wow. He said to try this first. Mm-hmm. So he said it's a new blend that he's really happy with. Wow. And it works in six minutes. That's amazing. Yeah. Good for you, Wendy. I know. Way to use your resources. I would have just told you to smoke a doobie. (laughs) And then I had to go and meet with this guy and talk about this really tough subject. So I knew I was already anxious about the next meeting anyway. Uh I think if I would have sat here, maybe I would have calmed, you know, chilled out a little bit. Okay. So I want to find out what's new with you and Moxie and... Well, I don't know. I don't know if I can top all that. That was crazy. <laughs> um, well, I'm really happy to learn that I should not respond to something more than three times. Yes. That's I'm carrying that with me. I love it. Because I've definitely You're, done you that You always before. listen. You you just treat everything as so valuable. The, <laughs> the newest in my life is that I'm now a dog walker. So. Wow. Major career advancements. <laughs> Parker has a new job. <gasps> Fabulous. So he was dealing with having two different job offers. Meanwhile, and you have I'm, none. Yeah, meanwhile, I'm pursuing a dog walking venture. <laughs> so that's kind of been my week. Well, what I love about it is that you do love this, right? You're love taking what? your passion around dogs. And I don't you, know about And you're that. doing a little filler work to pay for some of those pedicures you're getting i feel like you just made it sound way better than well it is i don't know if i'm that passionate about it but i did want a little side gig where i could also get some exercising so i got all the weddings to go to this summer look at you tone up you know the oh yeah in tight and toned i like it so i like it so that's good it'll be good that's good plus yeah being outside it'll be a good little gig and i'm teaching math next week right love teaching math that's so So great fun and these That's are all things that could be side hustles later, right? Yeah. I love that. I'm offic- I officially have, am working on three side hustles. Okay. Podcast, dog walking, <gasps> teaching math. You're, you're jack of all trades. <laughs> I Jill am. of all trades. I'm a Jill of all trades. Well, I got to tell you, Madison got is starting her new summer job up yes. at Copper. Yes, yes, yes. Was that interesting to watch? Because <laughs> we met her and a good friend of hers um, kind of halfway. Uh-huh. Um, to have to pay for them dinner pretty much <laughs> and she told us all about how they trained them during the week and she was so mad because all of the training scenarios were around boys because oh. the camp is 75 percent boys and 25 percent girl campers oh. and so madden is madison is calling the trainer on his gender bias and saying why are you talking about all the boys scenarios like when boys run away how do you go get them yeah why don't you talk about some girl scenarios? So she's already calling them Damn, out. Damn, go know. Maddie. And then she starts telling us about she's gotten her first campers. <laughs> and she has so two cute. 10-year-olds. Oh, I love that. And we and I talked, you and I talked about that this, right? And then the other counselor gets seven-year-olds. And then the third counselor gets, female counselor, gets 15 and 16 year old. Oh, okay. So we're all over. And the Maddie map. says 10 year olds are the best. Aww. They think she is a rock star. They love her. That's what I think about my fourth, fifth grade soccer team. It's literally the best age. She said that poor um, other counselor that got the seven year olds had to sing to them for two hours. 
because they cried going to sleep. They were so homesick. And she said, I I wouldn't want to do that. No. And she said the 15. the best. It's like right before they get, like they're on the cusp of of getting horribly awkward. Yeah. And attitude. 11, 12 year old girls. Ooh. Well, so she said. They got a lot going on. Exactly. It's great. So the 15 and 16 year olds, she said were horrible because they didn't care what anybody said. They didn't like anybody. And I wanted to say. Huh, don't know what that's like, except you were. You were just like this. But I didn't I didn't add insult to injury. But she is so learning Aww. so much about leadership. And she said, yesterday I got paid to learn how to skateboard. Wow. Go so, Maddie. Yeah, so she's really loving it. Good. So we're going to jump right in. Yes. To, and this week's... Oh, my foot fell asleep. Sorry. Okay. Asleep. All right. Um, should I move on or should we do some medical attention? I don't think I need medical attention. Okay. Should we pause? Uh, no, I think it's going away. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. We're back to talking about this week's oh, episode. Okay. I'm so sorry. Yeah. This is horrible. I would love to do a little plug for our World Cup party. Ooh, please. But should I do that at the end or should I do it now? Let's do it now. Okay. So... As everybody knows, I'm a huge U.S. women's soccer team fan. I showed Wendy my pedicure today. Yes, red, white, and blue people. Alternating toes. Yes. And we are doing a big girl money first women's World Cup game for the U.S., which is June 11th at 1 p.m. at a local brewery, probably in Denver. We haven't picked the exact spot yet, but that'll be on our social media. So yes. look out for that. Yes, and please sign up. To follow us because that's the only way you're going to find out. Yeah, exactly. And this was all inspired by a big girl story. Mm. Yeah, because we talked about the... Oh, yeah, the news story about Luna about Bar. And Luna Bar doing, yes. doing, trying to get women to have equal... Help me. Equal pay? What was it? Equal prize money? No, it wasn't. Oh, that. Luna gave made up the difference between the roster bonus i love it the, the roster bonus that was on. it that yep. was it yep it's so that's gonna be fun we're gonna drink beer and eat food and watch yeah. soccer I'm and so have excited. fun and have fun yes okay so now you can tell me what we have going on today's episode so we have such a fun episode right yes. because this is one of our favorite guests well first before that we're going to do a big girl take on a topic and this topic, you know, Big Girl Take is where we pick a topic and give you the millennial and the baby boomers perspectives. Yes. So um, that's going to be fun. It's actually on hiring for diversity. Yes. And gender diversity specifically. Yes. Then we, our guest today is Carrie Baird. And Carrie is a rock star in terms of she was on Top Chef. Mm-hmm. And so um, she was fabulous. Just yes. a fabulous guest. And then we always closes with the Big Girl Spotlight. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for listening. Okay. Let's jump into our Big Girl tape. Yes. So this topic, hiring for gender diversity. Yes. Right? So we know um, we definitely kind of got into this the other day. Yeah, started talking about it and realized <laughs> I didn't realize how how far apart or controversial it might be because you and I we don't we rarely actually disagree a lot, right? That's well, yeah, right. So this was really interesting to me, and so <laughs> and I, we got into a little argument right in front of Carrie about it. <laughs> we did, we did. It was like the kids fighting in front of the parents. So, um. 
So yes, we all know that we want in inclusive and diverse um, teams, right? Right. You get better benefits. There's all this ROI on why it's better both financially, it's better in terms of outcomes, it's better for innovation, right. all of that. Right. But what does it mean to hire for diversity? And especially gender diversity, because that's what we can talk about. Um, how would you how would you hire? For gender diversity? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that what we were where I kind of disagreed with you a little bit is specifically wanting to fill a role with only a woman and not being open to any male candidates for the role. Okay. And which I think bothers me a little bit. Well, and I think that's where it's easy to talk past each other in these topics. Right. So when I was talking to Chris about how interesting it was that we kind of got into a little little disagreement. Yeah. He said, Wendy, this happens all the time in the work environment is that you're actually closer than you think. So what I what I grew up with mm-hmm. was this whole worry that similar to what you're talking about now, where you got you got hired just because you were a woman. Right. And you weren't qualified. You weren't. So I, as I went through my career, I worried about this so bad. Like, I don't want people to think I got hired and promoted just because of my, you know, because I'm female. So um, when I say hire for diversity, I think you have to be intentional about it. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can just hope to do it you actually have to have some plans in place right i agree with that but i'm not for opening a position and saying you're only gonna hire one type of person for it well i don't think that's fair to any man that sees that position and applies for it and i also think that you're setting women up for failure when you do that the exact same way that you set up men for failure when you promote them just because they're men you see so many young male managers that are promoted way too early just because of affinity bias that works in their favor. They're promoted too early. They're not ready. They fail. They suck at it. And it's not good for their careers. The same exact same thing could happen if you are so set on hiring a woman for a certain role. You might end up hiring someone who's not ready for it. You're promoting people, women too early, putting them on this pedestal that's almost a little too much. Like almost, like, you know, well, what it's I mean? almost expecting too much out of them. Yes, and yeah. then you set them up for failure. So I think your gender or whatever your diverse element is should be almost viewed as a skill that goes along with all your other skills. So you want, I you, agree, you want your candidate to have X, Y, and Z. And if that candidate is a woman, that's just another perspective they bring that you think is going to make them an even better candidate and a best better fit for the team. I agree. So, so you could say, I think you could say that, that a woman being a woman over a man would make this, would make you more appealing for this role because we need that to round out the team. So if you, I'm saying you have to be intentional about that through every step of the process. So you open up a job opening. Mm-hmm. You don't say a lot of job openings will say diversity preferred, you know, like some kind of really? diverse, diverse candidates preferred. It'll say that. Really? I've never, oh, yeah. I've never seen that. Um, and so it still says that, but you get 100 men to, that apply and five women. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Now, you probably can't look 
you probably wouldn't look at a hundred resumes of a man, a man, you'd look at them pretty quick. Yeah. But you might look at the five resumes of women. And because you know, you have all men managers now, and you would really like to have some diversity in your management team. Right. 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 And let's talk, we're only talking, this could be, we could talk about racial diversity too, but we're talking about gender. Yeah. Okay. So you look at all your resumes. What if you pay special attention to the female resumes? Uh-huh. And you make sure all those candidates, and you look at the male resumes, you might flip through them quicker, Mm -hmm. but you pick the best five male candidates, say. Okay. And then you go and you look at the female candidates, Mm -hmm. and you've looked at them because there's only five of them a little bit more. Right. And you find two women and two men that are all pretty accomplished, kind of float to the top. Okay. They're all pretty equal in terms of maybe one has more experience, but the other um, has a master's. Has a master's. Like I okay. love that as an example, yeah. right? So master's was was not a required, but a you know helpful yeah. kind of a skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be it. So they're all very similar, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you did that intentionally yes. to have a diverse candidate pool. Yes. That's what I was saying the other day that I don't think you and I really, I think we were talking past each other. I think we might've been because I agree with that. Right. But I thought you were saying that, that it, you should be a, intentional about adding diversity to your team so much so that you are 100% going to fill a role with somebody okay. who looks a certain way or is a certain gender, Okay, which so- I think is taking it. I agree. Which is hard for me to say because I'm pretty raging feminist. No, I get it. And I would (laughs) never do that. So there was a man in a Boulder startup that they had a 35% target for women in their tech um, startup. Okay. This was 3,000 people. Uh And he wanted to get at 35% women. He was stuck at 28 so for seven weeks, he told the company and HR and everyone in the company, we're not going to hire any men. We're only going to hire women. Oh, my gosh. See, I think that's Not only much. is that illegal, it's yeah, unethical. I think so, too. I agree. Plus, that just makes you feel like shit when you get the job. Exactly. Like, imagine going to your final interview and it's you and one other person and you know it's between you two and that guy's a dude and you get the job and you're so excited. Yes. But then later you find out there was no way he was going to okay, get Okay, but listen to this. There's two people, you and a dude. Okay, me and a dude. <laughs> you and a dude for, for a job. Okay. And that dude gets the job because he talked about hunting in the interview. <laughs> okay. And the... Hiring manager is a is a raging hunter. Yes. Yeah. That is, would that would suck. That would suck too. Yes. So in this case, you're exactly the same, but they're to get gender diversity, they hire you. Do you feel bad? Well, what do you mean to get gender diversity? They know they need to hire more women. Okay. They've already validated your equal candidates. Yes. Different but equal, right? Yes. But you get it because they want additional women to have more inclusive and diverse yeah. teams. No, I don't feel bad. Okay. If it's bec- if it's that they want, if they determine more equal candidates and they want women in their organization, I don't feel bad if there was if I was going into a job that was only going to hire women no matter what. Yes. That sucks more. Yes. But if I get it 
because I want to add women, I think, okay, I'm an equal candidate to this guy, but what gives me an edge is that I have this new perspective and I'm going to have, or I'm more likely to have a positive impact on the culture. Just from being different. Just from being different. Right? Yeah. Exactly. But if a company like the one you just gave the example of is going to say, we're only going to hire women until we hit this number. Yeah. I, I don't think I would go for a job there. And I remember. I don't like that. Remember, That's also using my gender, not because you think me being a woman and the inherent traits I have as a woman are going to be a positive impact on the culture. It's just because you want to tell people you are at a certain percent. Well, remember. That's a, there's a difference there. Remember, you think? it's not bad to have a 35% goal. What's bad can be why you want it. Yes. Remember we talked about why you, you should how you should figure out your culture before you join it? Yeah. This is the whole reason. Is you want to understand how they picked you when they hired you. Yeah. You want to understand why do they want diversity and in the interview you could even ask uh-huh. if you know they have a certain target, be like, I think that's so cool that you are aiming to have this percent women at your company. I love that. Why are you doing that? Why? What drives you? What drives you? Yeah. What makes you passionate <laughs> we just said about that this? In such a like nice way. Even I though know. really we're like your butthead. What we spill the dirt. <laughs> well, and you're kind of waiting for the person to to disqualify themselves right. so that you can walk away and go, I knew you were a jerk. <laughs> you know? And we shouldn't be like that, right? No, we no, should no. we should be we want to find out what inspires you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Well, it turns out we're more on the same page than I thought. I like it. Because I really wanted to have a second conversation about this. Thank you for, because when I first suggested this, I'm talking to you listeners, not Ronnie. Um, she did not like this idea. So <laughs> so I love the fact that she let us kind of get through it. Well, I'm glad you just threw me into it. Because if I had overthought it, it probably wouldn't have been as good of a conversation. Exactly. So. All right. So let's talk That's about. so great about having a mentor and talking with people different than, than you and different, different. don't you think i can say the same thing about you i love having your perspective thanks and it helps me so much with maddie you know to see <laughs> when you do something i go maddie does that and yet this doesn't bug me why does it bug me with maddie <laughs> oh maybe because she's done it five thousand times oh my god right? that's so okay funny. so um our guest today let's move on to our oh our, yes 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 and and i want you to introduce her please okay. um let me shuffle ronnie my notes so Carrie Baird. Yes. Our guest today is Chef Carrie Baird, my girl crush. She's the <laughs> executive chef and owner at the wildly popular Bardo in Denver, Colorado, which is named one of the top 25 restaurants in Denver three years in a row. She was also a finalist on season 15 of Top Chef. Born in Idaho, but trained in Colorado with classic Mediterranean, Italian, and French techniques, Carrie believes great food comes from cooking from your heart. Baird's signature style fuses locally sourced ingredients with healthy twists on both classic and innovative new dishes. She studied culinary arts at Le Cordon Bleu and cites fellow Top Chef alum Jennifer Jasinski as her greatest mentor. She's also received acclaim for her work at Jasinski's Denver hotspot, Rioja, which is where I went to dinner to celebrate my 21st birthday. Fun fact. Focused on sustainable and responsible food, Carrie loves working with local farmers and ranchers to develop her menus. Carrie will also launch a new restaurant venture in early 2019, Sophia in New Orleans. We're so happy to interview Carrie, who is now my new crush. <laughs> I'll 
just go with question number one. I love it. <laughs> okay, so from my stalking that I've done so far on you, because I was kind of a fangirl. I was so excited oh. when you responded to oh. our email. She's been talking about this for months. Wendy, nice. Wendy was like, tone it down. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little afraid for Carrie. <laughs> I'm seriously. It's okay though, because when with the first time we had scheduled, when you had to cancel, it gave me, you know, I was able to <laughs> bring it, reel it in, reel it in. <laughs> okay, so you moved here to Colorado mm-hmm. to ski when you were 19. Yeah. So I'm just wondering how you went from skiing to being an uber successful executive chef. Oh man, and restaurateur. Um, well, well, it all. So I'm from Southern Idaho, and when okay. I graduated from Pocatello High. I went to Boise State for one year, and I hated university. I was terrible at it. I flunked out. And um, so I had some friends who'd moved to Summit County, Colorado, and to Fabulous. ski. And I, I I, was right there. I was like, perfect. I'm on my way. <laughs> and, you know, because I was a good skier, um, I'd recently – I grew up skiing from, like, three all the way. Mm-hmm. And then I'd um, – later in high school, I started snowboarding a lot. And so I was doing that a lot. I was good at it and I wanted to compete and I wanted to see if I could make a, make a life of it. Okay. So yeah, I moved totally. to Colorado and I, uh, you know, started skiing, started competing and I was snowboarding more and that was all good, but I, you have to make money if you're going to ski all day. So I started waitressing and that sucked. I, mean, I was good <laughs> at it, but I made a lot of money, but I just, I felt something was missing. Yeah. And so I, um, I, I made the switch into the back of the house. And I found my way to culinary school, did well at that, got my associate's degree. Um, I did that in Portland, Oregon. So I was gone for two years, but as soon as I graduated, I turned right around and hightailed it back up to the mountain and, um, where then I, you know, I ran, I ran hospitality for Vail Resorts for a few years, ran a lot of their hotels, their ski lodges, um, did all that all the while skiing all day, every day. Mm. How (laughs) lucky. Yeah, I was lucky. It was a a great way to spend your 20s, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, it was pretty ideal. So that's how I I ended up there. I, you know, I started cooking because I needed to you know, pay myself somehow. And I wasn't good enough to be a professional skier. Like in my mind I was, wow. <laughs> but I, I didn't have the infrastructure. You know, my folks were back in Idaho slash Montana and I was just like me and I was just a kid and I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I tried. Yeah. But I, it brought me to food, which but, was awesome. But so when even, did it, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Make, to make that jump to mm-hmm. go to the, the kitchen. Yeah. Um, I mean, what kind of nudges that along? Uh, well, my, I remember being little and always eating and cooking with my dad and we would, we played this game a lot. We, our favorite family meal was beef stroganoff. And so we would make it probably once a week. And every time we made it, we would change it a little, you know, add a little more of this or a little Ooh, less of that. Wow. I didn't really know it at the time, but we were recipe testing, you know, yes. we would eat it and my sisters would give us a numerical, you know, it's an eight or a seven, you know, and like. <laughs> And every week we would talk about what we did and, but it was just something that he and I did and we enjoyed it. And I didn't realize what we were doing, but one, we were spending quality time together. And two, I was like developing a palate. I was learning how to eat something and, you know, love it and want to make it again and learn from it. And so, um, I remember doing that like all 
I mean, it was so second nature. We ate beef stroganoff every week. Beef stroganoff so, is so good. It's oh, so I good. Love beef I've never had it. You oh. haven't? Never in my whole life. Right. Wendy. I'll do you know what it is? Oh, I'd love it. I'll get you some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know it's got the little wavy noodles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes. Right? And that n- really fabulous sauce. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, like, like a mustard gravy. cream. Yeah. Mustard yeah. mushroom is what I meant. Yes. Yeah. With beef. Um, but my dad was a big hunter, so we often made it with elk or venison, oh, yeah, you know, or whatever we had. Or you know, yeah. when I was in my teen years, I went vegetarian for a little while, so it was then just mushrooms. <laughs> and like, the classic you know, teen vegetarian stage. exactly that phase <laughs> that, where I just ate like soy sage. Like, what is that? But, <laughs> soy sage. <laughs> I know it is. I did the vegan thing for a little while, uh, and it was like this is all fake. It's so terrible. Yeah, it's like terrible. I, I remember like thinking like just eating like pasta and red sauce and everyone else is having like a piece of nice fish with butter. And I'd be like, how is mine better than that? You know, like it was just silly. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I don't get me wrong. I love a vegan discipline, but me too, but not, you can't just sub, Tofurky and stuff. Yeah, you know, like right. Get interesting. It's like, I worked for this Indian company for years and it was so fun because they had flavor. Mm -hmm. They had food that was all, it was vegetarian mostly, yeah. but it was so flavorful. Yeah, so totally. we'd all go to the restaurant and the vegetarian Indian guys would, mm-hmm. would order their food. And, you know, us Americans would order our meat and we'd <laughs> all end up wanting all of their food. Oh yeah. It was uh, amazing. Totally. I, yeah. Anyway, that's, I don't know how we got there, but yeah. <laughs> that's how I got there. But the last part of my story is I remember my dad and I, we used to talk about opening a diner and it was always breakfast. Aww. And we were going to flip eggs and he was going to pour coffee and like, (laughs) and, uh, but that's, that was always just in the back of my head, like my, a goal. I never thought it to be really something that I would pursue, but you know, now that I'm here and doing what I do, these are the, my, some of my first memories. That's a great story. Oh yeah. So many of our guests, um, have dads that are like their heroes and their role models and pushed them in to usually some really big step in their life where they did take this on you know he didn't even push wasn't even isn't even the word like my dad was railroad so he was gone three if i remember correctly he was gone three days and home for three days yeah and so when he was home and i have two sisters and then you know cousins everywhere and like it was like everyone just kind of wanted dad and so i found a way to like get your cook. yeah and, you know, he was a big hunter and all these things. So, like, if you if you wanted to carry a shotgun, you could have that time with him. Yeah. Or you could, you know, like, do the things that he liked to do. But, like, I figured out, like, we could cook. Oh, that's fabulous. So yeah. he inspired you. I think so. I mean, he didn't mean to, for sure. But all, a all lot ever, of that yeah, happens. For sure. He was just being him. This is what he liked to do. He liked it when... I had friends spend the night and he could make this breakfast buffet. He put it on the Christmas platter. Eggs oh, and sausages and hash browns. And, and my parents were that parents that like we were allowed to drink alcohol at home. Mm-hmm. So we were like, you know, a young t- or a, a, like 17, 18 hungover. And he would make this platter of food, <laughs> you know, just like, holy they cow. Munge, man. They munge, oh, This is I, so great. My house was fun to be at when we were kids. For That's sure. great. That's awesome. <laughs> I love so it. So how far in your career were you when you ended up being on Top Chef? And how did you, um, like, did you apply for yourself? Did someone nominate? How'd the whole yeah, thing go? Um, I was, so it was two years ago that we filmed Top Chef. So okay. the season, I, I was season 15 and season 16 just wrapped or right, just finished it. airing. Um, and my story, how I got to Top Chef is also kind of unique. Like I was just working and the phone rang and the GM was like, 
Chef Carrie, there's a producer from Top Chef on the phone who'd like to talk to you. And I was like, how did they find me? And he's like, I don't know. Do you want to talk to him? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, you know, I went down that rabbit hole. They were like, you know, we, you, you were brought to our attention through social media oh. and just what other chefs have been talking about eating your food. And we would just, we would love for you. You, It's a big thing. Like just the phone call didn't mean I was in. I had to apply. Right, right. I had to... You have to like fill out these huge stacks of paperwork. You have to make a silly video. You have to like, oh geez, and then they come to you and you have to cook for them and they put cameras uh, in your face and yeah, you know, there's like no human, there's no, there's no, no way to get ready for that. Like, right. No right. human interaction is in that same vein. Right. But so I, I went, I went down that hole. Um, I didn't get cast the first season. I, the first season I would have been cast would have been season 14, oh. which was in South Carolina. Okay. Um, so I was like bummed. I was like, whatever. And my boyfriend at the time, he was, uh, he was right there in the running with me. He's a chef as well. And, um, oh. he didn't get cast. And so we ended up breaking up, but whatever. Neither of us got cast. I like put it in the back of my head, whatever. Like it was fun. I tried, I got a free trip to LA for it, yeah. you know? And then like one year later, they're like, would you do it again? I was like, in my brain, I was like, that was so taxing. It spent so much time getting the application. I literally sent the same exact one. I didn't update it. <laughs> I didn't take new pictures. I just sent the same one. And they're like, you're in. And oh my gosh. little did I know that it was the Colorado uh, oh. season. So I think so that it was they, all meant to be. It I was. think they had me kind of pegged for it. Maybe oh. when they met me is what I mm-hmm. like to think. That they were like, rather than do southern food, this girl belongs in the mountains in Colorado. Right. And so there we were. And so I, they like call, they give you like four weeks to get ready to leave. And you have to like, you can't tell anybody where you're going. So you have to like come up with a lie. And what? Like, get they, out. Well, because they take your phone and your computer and you can't do any work <gasps> or touch base for two oh my months. God. How was that? It, it was hard. To be and unplugged like that. Unplugged. And so... <laughs> So everybody has to come up with the story and it's, it was really fun when everybody get there, like, what's your story, you know? And so I told my staff that my mother was having a bunionectomy and she lived where there were no cell phones <laughs> and nobody wants to talk about your mom's bunions. So. <laughs> like, a bunionectomy. Yeah, okay. Nobody, nobody asked a question. So like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I love this. That's so, so funny. funny. We could really use this too for career women, for corporate and business women. So you have somebody, uh, an executive that comes over and wants to chat with you and you really don't like the guy Yeah, and he can do nothing for or against your career. How do you get rid of him? Talk about your mother's bunions. bunions. <laughs> I mean, this is perfect. Totally. I mean, nobody wants Maybe to talk about that's what we feet. should title the episode, yeah. Your Mother's Bunions. Yes. <laughs> that is She'll so She'll love funny. that. <laughs> What's her name? Barb. Barb. Yeah. And they're still in Idaho? Um, well, my mother's, my mom, she's retired now. So she kind of bounces around. Um, she's in Montana based mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have an aunt who's down in Mexico. So she bounces back and forth between friends and family. Sure. She just, and my dad's full time in Montana. So everybody touches base to, you know, be there and support him and see him. But my yeah. older sister's full time in Missoula with my dad. And then my younger sister's Anchorage. Now, how did you get to Colorado though? Um, to come to ski you wanted to straight up Mm -hmm. right out of school right out of i was 19 she did one year right of college one year at boise state yeah i I got academically suspended (laughs) (laughs) so she's like i'm you know why because you were skiing too much i was skiing too much and there were boys and it was just it was terrible and there's no supervision my parents didn't make they didn't make me move into the dorms i my girlfriend my best friend and i rented a house 
like not far from campus so we could ride our bikes and it was this awesome house on a one acre piece of land that had big trees so we could have huge party it was just oh it was just <laughs> recipe a, for a recipe for, like, for dropping out yeah we're getting kicked out yeah i remember walking into psychology 101 and my best friend caitlin and i we walk in and we hadn't been there in a week or whatever <laughs> and they're handing out paper pamphlet or like packets and pencils and we're like what's this they're like uh your midterm or like uh <gasps> oh, <laughs> we were the last ones gosh. in and the first ones out <laughs> oh my gosh yeah, epic fail epic yeah fail. <laughs> that's so funny yeah. <laughs> but how much you learned about yourself i'm sure this yeah. whole journey absolutely i'm i found my own path i mean i was never very academic i did well in high school i got good grades you know i, I did everything i was supposed to mm. i played sports i yeah. you know graduated three five i did all that but it wasn't second nature. I had to work hard for it. Yeah. And, you know, when it came, when it was optional, it went just way down. Like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> Fair enough. So what did, what was the main thing you learned or your takeaway from the show? Oh man, that I, I'm way stronger than I thought I was. <sighs> I, I went in there. Love it. I went in there totally like, I didn't know I was the underdog until you are introduced to everyone everyone has to stand up and kind of like speak their pedigree and where they came from mm. I was like well you know I, I have a I have a culinary degree from Le Cordon Bleu which is cool but it's not like the CIA or anything and <laughs> I, I never worked for Jean George I never worked for you know these huge names I mean there were Michelin stars in that group there are you know James Beard winners nominees like you know oh my gosh. I mean like that room my season was just full of pedigree it was ridiculous wow and then there was me <laughs> and I think I think I think when they cast shows like that everybody you know everybody there's always a Gilligan there's always you know what I mean everyone's yeah. kind of cast. there's a Marianne there's a exactly. yeah I love that and um I Do you know what we're talking about Mm-mm. oh <laughs> I knew she didn't <laughs> I was trying to be cool, Wendy. I, I, I love when you ask. I was ask, trying to keep I it like cool. when you ask questions. And remember, you <laughs> gave that advice on 10 no-nos. Ask the, the question. Ask the, okay, yeah. so what's the Gill- Gilligan? Gilligan's Island. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's a TV show, and it went for years. Years and years. Um, where it's these people get marooned on this island, and they're all so different. Oh. And, and it just goes on and on. I mean, it, we watched it like we were addicted to it. I mean, right. I, I'm a little young for it, but I remember my parents watching it. Yes. Okay. But when people speak of it now, like, if, if you look back on it, there's, like, every sort of, like, personality, character, social standing yeah. in the group of Maroon Yeah. Mies. So there's oh. the wealthy uh, well, millionaire people, and then yeah. there's the, the movie star who seems like a ditz, <laughs> and then there's a little spunky uh, woman who's cute but smart and i mean it's just every every stereotype Uh, yeah every stereotype right so that's what they want to do when they cast top chef is fill all the different yeah i think so yeah i mean mean, that makes sense yeah Yeah. i haven't like been told that but i feel like when i was cast i was you know i feel like it's not fixed right top chef's not fixed but it's not necessarily fair if that makes sense okay you know like they don't know who's gonna win but i feel like they might cast with I really think this person's going to go far. Yes. Right. Um, and I don't think I was destined to, I don't think I was that person in their eyes. Yeah. Okay. And then I got there and shoot, I was good at it. I was strong. I was quick on my feet. Oh, my brain worked fast and I didn't have nerves. I mean, some, some of the other contestants are just shaking and I was like, boom, like, you know, <laughs> I, I got this. Bring I, it. I didn't sweat, you know, like, don't get me wrong. I got nervous. I, sure. had, I had emotions. It was terrifying. 
But like, as soon as it was like go time, as soon as you cross that start line, like you were, I just, right. like, you were all in. All. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I got that skill or how else I can use it. But you know, like, yeah. I, oh, I, I think it helps you every single day. Right. I, yeah, maybe. And I believe I, I see women in, in the business world all the time that are worried they're not prepared enough yeah. and for any situation. And I keep telling them, You'll figure it out in the moment. Yeah. Just give yourself the confidence and in, in, in the pep talk that says you'll figure it out right then. Yeah. And you all, most of the time you do. It, and I, I remember just like standing there being so scared and just being like, you got this, you got this. Wow. You know, and because it's like war out there, you know, it's scary yeah. and nobody to catch you. And oh, were people I ugly imagine. to each other? No, they- no, not in my experience. We were all genuinely helpful and yeah. encouraging like, oh. would you taste this? I mean, it's too salty or add more or, you yeah. know what I mean? Or yeah. can I have that? You know, like that, I think the early, earlier seasons of Top Chef aren't so much. It was a bit more drama, like Big Brother, you know, yeah. like yeah. fighting it out. Yeah. Whereas somehow it's kind of morphed into this like team building. I mean, those people that I met on Top Chef are some of my dearest friends <gasps> that I will have. It was like summer camp, you know, like <laughs> wow. we had so much fun and we went through a very scary Thing together right, and like bonding experience. You know, it exactly. is bonding. Have you ever heard that thing about the way you get a family to bond is when is those camping trips where it rains on you and your tent doesn't work. Right. It's oh, the if you have an easy trip, the family doesn't bond. Yeah. You need to have the tough stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's when you a really bit of anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so well, you did it. We you, we lived it. <laughs> Is it weird hearing um, like the comments after if you did you, um, did you watch your own season back? Um, <laughs> so we watched it. My restaurant Bardo. Um, I, we have TVs, so we watched it on Thursdays, like as it aired. Oh, okay. And I purposely wouldn't like be in the kitchen, like on the hotline. I would be out with the crowd, and Bardo was like a party. It was packed. <laughs> I mean, like you people were. That's I mean, so it was fun. shoulder to shoulder. People like standing and eating pasta. You know, it was awesome, but. Um, so I would try to watch it. I would watch it with everyone else. And I don't think people realized that I hadn't seen it. So they would kind of like stop, like talk to me during it. And I'd be like, I haven't I seen need it to either. See it. Like, I'm watching. Yeah, I want to pay attention. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I watched some of it. Yeah, um, okay. And then my mother came to visit last year and she's like, let's watch Top Chef. And I was like, really? And like, so we kind of binged a couple of them. That's the cutest. It, it, but it made me really uncomfortable. I was like. To sit there and watch it and like, yeah, like why did watch I do yourself? That? Why did I do that? <laughs> I just wonder if it's weird to watch or like hear comments because it's like any other reality show where they have the interviews and people kind of like trash each other a little bit. It's yeah. never anything bad, but like, yeah, I remember in your season you won the challenge with your French onion soup mm-hmm. toast, and they were like, "She's gonna win with another toast." Oh yeah, they and hate you the pro- toast. Yeah, you probably had no idea that they even were thinking that oh, until no. the interview. Oh, I did. Or did you already know? Oh, they. I mean, they all gave me so much crap for yes. for making fancy toast. <laughs> but I was it looks so good, house, though. you know? Like, yeah. I, won, I won a lot. Not only did I win money, but I won, you know, challenges yeah. and advantages on making silly things on toast. And so they were, I think they were, like, they were surprised that something so simple was kicking their ass. And then the other, you know, like... And they were maybe, mad about it. They were mad and they were like, maybe you should challenge yourself a little more. Like <gasps> the people who like made pasta every, every challenge, we were like, really? Or even Padma was like, pasta again, Joe, you <laughs> yeah. know, like, 
So under that, it was like toast again, Carrie. But <laughs> you're right. It's all right. <laughs> I love that. I love that you have this really awesome confidence that's kind of different from, I feel like, what I think about when I think of women in the kitchen. I think of like super intense, yeah, like badass. I don't even know how to describe it. I don't want to say They're bitchy, almost but like, too much. Yeah. It's like, almost too much of the, the you know, mm-hmm. I can do this. I want to fight for, you know, our equality in the kitchen, you yeah. know, almost as like a stream. Mm-hmm. But you are just like, I could go hang with you. It would be so <laughs> easy. I, and you're authentic on the show. Like you weren't. Yeah. You were confident in yourself and that you could do anything, but you would also be like, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little worried, but it was yeah. never in a, yeah. you doubting yourself kind mm-hmm. of way. It was just like a being authentic kind yeah. of way. Yeah. I, and I run my, I run my kitchen in the same vein, you know, like I like my kitchen and I like, you know, I just, I'm such my mother's daughter. Like I treat <laughs> people like how I want to be treated. Good. I want to go to work and have a nice time and mm-hmm. I want to feel welcome and comfortable and appreciated. So I do my best to do that to all those around me. And, you know, I spend 50 hours a week with my, my staff. So, you know, this is how I want it to feel for them. And, you know, my mentor, she's not a Jennifer Jasinski, if you guys eat in a Rioja or Euclid Hall yeah, in town yeah. or anything. We've tried to get her on the podcast yeah. too. Yeah. She's pretty funny, but she's great. She's, you know, she's a, a nice blend of that. She's super yeah. alpha and yeah. super type one, but she also, every time you see her, you get a hug and how's yeah. your family and, yeah. you know, like... I'm and just, you see yourself as that too. You I, see her I'm as that blend. Yeah. yeah. So if you wanted to change one thing about yourself or grow in some way, what would it be? Um, I think I could be a little bit, I need to set boundaries with my, with my staff and you know, like I'm just like, come here everyone, let me hold you and hug you and let's like be together forever. But you know, I need to, I need to just kind of be a bit more assertive is not the word. I feel very assertive, but I, I need to be like business is business. And then my personal is my personal. I'm not gifted. I, I mesh the whole thing together. Yeah. Everyone. And is blur the line sometimes. A, a 100% of the time. Yeah. You know, like, and how I, does that hurt you? I don't know if it hurts me, but I, sometimes I feel like when it is time for me to be El Jefe, you know, <laughs> that it's almost like, Oh, mom's mad, you know, yeah. when it should just, it know, should like, be, she's in get it done mode. Yeah, exactly. And so sometimes I have to, Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want ever to think that my kindness would ever lead to not being strong. I Does agree. Does that make sense? I yes. agree. And I used to walk down the halls, you know, at these fortune 100 companies and people used to seeing me smile mm-hmm. when I didn't smile. They all, oh, Wendy's mad. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just not smiling. Right? <laughs> I don't have a stupid little grin on my face every second of every day. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was hard to try to get people to see, cause you wanted to be likable. You want to be approachable. Yeah. You know, you want to make this eight to 10 hours a day that you're spending fun. Right. Absolutely. But at the same time, man, I have to smile all the time. Yeah. So I get it. I totally if I get don't it. smile, they kind of run run for the hills, you know, yeah. like if I'm pissed, like, oh, look out world. As my, as my daughter used to say, oh, mama's mad. Yeah. <laughs> like, you yep. better believe it. Uh, yeah. It's, I guess I'm effective in that way that if I'm not happy and smiling and, you know, feeling good, yeah. then I'm like the opposite lookout. Oh yeah. Like mind your P's and Q's, get yeah. your work done, put your yeah. head down. Yeah. So nice. I don't know, somewhere in the middle. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Have you had any challenges being a woman in such a male dominated field? Um, you know, of course, of course I have. Absolutely. But I, you know, luckily I came up 
very structured Vail resorts, mm-hmm. you know, um, and they, it's a good company. They're a good company. They, you know, they, it, everything's black and white there. If you have the education, if you have the experience, like, you know, and sounds very corporate. It's super corporate, but in that they, you know, they spend a lot of time and money educating me and, you know, helping me grow into the, the managerial side of being a kitchen mm-hmm. that I am thankful for every day. Um, and then when I was done with that, when I, I was felt very uninspired, you know, I wasn't cooking food. I wasn't being creative. I came to Denver. That's when I left Breckenridge and I, I found Jennifer Jasinski and she rounded me out and she was a woman, a mm-hmm. strong woman. And she, she was your mentor. She's not only my mentor, but she's my friend, you know, I love and it. I, Jennifer is your Wendy. She is. Aww. I love her very much. <laughs> We should have had them on here together, right? Oh, yeah, that That'd would be have been Wouldn't special. that have been fun? Follow up. We can still do it. Hey, yeah. we could do a live podcast yeah. at one of the restaurants. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. See, I'm always thinking. Write that down. Totally. We could be eating pasta right now as we speak. Oh. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Well, and I had a we group. We can get Wendy some beef stroke. Yeah, <laughs> no. She, she is so cool. She's so cool. And she had it way, and you know, she came up in the 80s and oh. 90s. Under Wolfgang Puck, like when yes. she literally was the only woman as far as your in eye the room. could see. Oh, yeah. You know, like I, my staff at uh, Bardo is heavily female wow. and our staff at Rioja was heavily female. So I, I'm right on that cusp, you know, like I, I came in, you know, just in the early 2000s where it was just men, mm. but like no one ever like... I worked for some mean chefs that threw shit at me. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, we we can say that word. (laughs) The only word that's off limit is the F word. Okay. But, you know, and they... But if you slip, we won't hurt you. Oh, yeah. They were terrible. And, you know, the first job I ever got fired from, he told me to get the F out and go be an effing waitress (gasps) because I have no... I have no place here. Ooh, what did you do? Oh, my God. I cried for, like, (laughs) 10, 15 minutes. And then... My boyfriend and all of his friends were like, we're going to go through a brick through that window. We're going to go like, kick his ass. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 it's fine. And so I, <laughs> you know, I picked myself up. I dusted myself up. It took a little while, but you know, and I just went back and like, you know, being interviewed on Top Chef, they're like, is there anybody out there in the world that you want to be like, I did it. <laughs> and I was like, there is, but I can't remember his name for the life of me. <laughs> oh, <no! laughs> So I, maybe you know who you are. That. You're on TV. You. Maybe he's listening. But I isn't that great to put that behind you enough? Yeah. Right? Well, that you don't even remember who it is. It's those, it's those terrible moments that just make you stronger. Oh, you know, I that agree. make you bond with yourself. Totally. And had I not been fired, had I not been told that I wasn't good enough, like, if it was just been easy, like, where would I be? Yeah. You, know? you wouldn't be gritty like you are now. No, exactly. And, like, I, and above all, like, I know I don't ever want anyone to ever feel like that ever again. Yes. Right. And you what can. What compassion you've got Well, and now. you can be effective. You don't have to be terrible at the same mm-hmm. time. You know, yeah. that guy had it wrong. And he went out of business and his children were probably rotten and, like, whatever. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Karma really had, exactly. hopefully, was. Uh, uh, did get him right yeah i can't even remember his name i'm not even kidding either i'm not making that up so funny i got nothing wow (laughs) i think that's something really special that women bring to restaurants like when i was working in restaurants i was front of house but i mostly had female managers Mm -hmm. and they just bring this totally different vibe that's kind of what you were saying the like how's your family how's your day understanding if you're having a bad shift just this whole empathetic thing going on that makes them so much fun to work for yeah well, really we great. we can't help but ask, um, you know, we talk a lot about being a woman in tech and the whole Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and there was a study by the Harvard Business Review about a year ago that found that more sexual harassment claims in the U.S. are filed in the restaurant industry than in any other, where as many as 90% of women and 70% of men reportedly experience some form of sexual harassment, whether from customers or coworkers. So have you ever had to deal with any challenges around sexual harassment or discrimination as uh, in in your yeah. restaurant career? Even as a manager having to manage an yeah. employee that yeah. went through that. I yeah. mean, it's, we were all brought up like, you know, be tough, be tough, like be a chef, be a cook and, you know, muscle through like nothing hurts you. Yeah. And so like if I had, you know, my me too moments, I was just like, I'm tougher than that. You know, these terrible jokes that, yeah, you laugh because you don't want to be the only one not laughing. So like, but like, you know, was I, was I injured or something? No, you know, nothing like that. But, you know, being a manager and for all these years managing people and having to hear, you know, especially I, for me, I've never had much experience with like fellow managers or, you know, superiors like preying on, you know, young women, especially, but more so customers. Yes. Oh, interesting. Like touching you or, you know, like just, I, it just, gross you know like wow men just like Ugh. just like checking you out or saying something terrible or have you ever been a waitress wendy oh yeah and and i was like that in college yeah but i think at that point i was a little oblivious yeah right i kind of feel like i was a little too when i was a waitress but i i recall like i recall my chef being like you need to wear a skirt and I was like, all right, like, is that like, like a hooter skirt or like, you know, like, <laughs> what are we talking about here? Know? So I show up with like an ankle, like Amish skirt. And he's like, you know, like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> we need some leg. Yeah. We need some leg. You can wear a high, so you want tube socks or something? Like, I don't know. Just being like, why? Why do I? And then like, you know, the same creepy dudes come and sit in my section the same day or the same day of every week and wear the same thing. And like, yeah. you know, just like talk my ear off. Like, I don't want to talk to you. I, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I, those aren't the greatest examples, but you know, just being someone that, you know, women can talk to and like, you know, knowing that there's a safe place out there. Yeah. I think that's important now. Um, mm -hmm. I think that the spotlight is so bright on all of this. It blows, it baffles me. It's still happening. Me too. I am just it's like, like, what are you a man under a rock? Are you crazy? That you don't get? Yeah. You, you, can't do this anymore. You, and it's from superior to below, like lateral move, whatever, have at it guys, you know, but like to like, to pick on, not pick on, but like really Pray. target and harass, yeah. harass like people that you take care of that you're supposed to protect. Like, are you crazy? Like, yeah. I just don't understand. Like, How do you think you can get away with it? And I just can't fathom why. Yeah. Like, yeah. Really, I don't know. Find a partner. I don't, I don't know. Go on a date. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I, I just, I don't understand a lot of it, but. but. So I love this. So if you could go back and tell your younger self, mm -hmm. whisper in their ear, what to say when the guy said, get the F out of here and go be an F and waitress, <laughs> what would you say? Oh man, I probably wouldn't have worked for him for, I made it so a, as long year. as you did. Yeah. I would have Quit so earlier. A year? I lasted, I, okay, not quite a year, but as as the calendar goes, of ski season up in Breck. So it probably started in like early October or something. Sure. And I made it to right about when the mountain closed. Yeah, March. And I probably oh. just would have like, because I didn't know any better, I could have done so much better. His restaurant wasn't very cool. His food wasn't very cool. 
he like he was a terrible it just it wasn't I it just wasn't a very good learning kitchen and there you know the sous chefs weren't very you know come and I'll show you it was yeah. like put her on that station forget about her if she's not going to take the initiative to like get it no one's going to even like you know, yeah. like, she, like the whole culture was shut up and row. Just do your job. Exactly. Stay in your life. Stay there and be quiet. Get it done and a clock out and hurry up about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so if I could tell myself like, just go, there's other chefs. Like, Leave. Yeah. Leave get, this job. Go to New York City. Go to San Francisco. Like what was <laughs> I? Yeah. At this point I knew I wasn't going to be a professional skier. What was I doing? Yeah. I should have been knocking on Thomas Keller's door being in like, teach me how to do this. Or <laughs> I should have found Jennifer 10 years before I did. And, yeah. Um, you know, that's what I would tell myself. Like, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't take back a single moment of my ski bum decade (laughs) because it was epic and I'm a good skier for it, you know, so I love it. But like, you know, maybe just a little bit more focus would have been really smart. I love that. Yeah. So how, as a manager at a restaurant, how do you manage? I've saw, I've seen so many managers struggle with this in restaurants, the whole, to come back to the customer harassment or customers just Mm -hmm. being assholes. How do you manage the whole customer is always right and you want to you know take care of the people in your restaurants but also take care of your employees and protect your employees because you're a leader yeah and you have to prepare them for how to deal with this behavior how do you do that there's probably so many times you just want to kick people out yeah well so my answer is not going to be perfect but as an owner Mm -hmm. if you're if even if the customer is wrong they can suck it like I will, I will choose my staff over you every day of the week. Wow. And my GM <laughs> is so strong. She's an English lit major. So she is so eloquent when she writes and responds. <laughs> and the last one was just, this woman was so upset that she, she thought that the server that was teasing her or something. And I know what? this man, I know our server. He is so pure his character is so on point Mm -hmm. she misinterpreted it right and so then she reached out i guess nobody saw the email she reached out via facebook it passed us again or whatever and then she was like all right i'm taking it to the streets and she put these terrible reviews oh god and talking about how our one server slash bartender was so abusive she felt afraid those those that's her oh word. my god and so my gm maggie she comes back and she's like i assure you this man would in a million years like no way you're so wrong and this woman just that wasn't enough and so she came back and so maggie came back and in this most wonderful way, she was like, well, we have seven restaurants in our group, so we'd appreciate it if you just didn't dine at any of them ever again. <gasps> best of all, best of luck. <laughs> like, we don't, like, I mean, we do, su- like, we're not, I would never sick the dogs on someone that didn't deserve it. You right. know what I mean? Totally. But, like, I, we, at the restaurant, we joke, we want to, we're going to invent and patent, patent pending world. We're going to make Yelp, but in reverse. So we can, we can star you <gasps> and how you dine with us. Because if you're terrible, Brilliant. we should have to give you good service. I love it. Because it's a two way street. Have right. manners, be kind. Well, that's, right. that's how Airbnb is so great because when you go and use someone's house, they, they rate you. Yeah, totally. And same with so Uber. They, Uber you should can say, be able to. Yeah. You should be able to be like, that wow. person yeah. was awful. Yeah. I love and they that. ate 90% of their soup and then said it was cold. Like, are yes. you kidding me? That's not a thing. Like, <laughs> yes. Like, no. So How great your employee must have felt that you had his back so well, much. Because yes. imagine if you didn't, she yeah. could have gotten him fired. Yes. Absolutely. I know. I know front of house people that get fired because of one complaint. Totally. It's like, I mean, talking about, I mean, some I've, I've fired people for things that are appropriate. Like, right. Chasing people down for a bad tip. That's bad manners. Tips are, are 
voluntary. Yes. You're not allowed to, to do that. Yes. You know what I mean? But like if someone is up in your space, if someone mistreats you or is vulgar or anything like that, I will protect my employee in, until we go out of business. You know what wow. I mean? Like no way. So what do you Love tell that. the women who get what you got, which was touched and... Um, you know, and especially in today's climate, the ladies that work for me are tough as nails. <laughs> like they're like bring it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I will push you over. I will, you know, and we're protective of our women. Like, you know, we don't, the the women don't close alone. We're always in twos there, yeah. you know, and we're a, a, it's a female chef, a female GM, a female CFO, female sous chefs, female bartenders, you know, wow. like, it, so we're just, I think we just have a, you know, an aura of like, you know, don't F with us. Yeah. And, Keep it professional. And everyone is having such a good time at my restaurant. Like, oh, yeah. You know, we have a nice time. It's funny. It's fun. And, you know, it's it's acceptable. It's, yeah. it's... Bardo is great. We got to go there on your next cheat day, Wendy. Yes. Yeah. Let's do it because you don't have gluten free, do you? They Heck do. Yeah, I do. Oh, I love that. Zoodles for days. Oh, Zoodles for days. Yeah. <laughs> that's so terrific. Actually, I love yeah. It. We, they could, we could probably go even though she's no, she's gluten free, no sugar. What no else? grains. Absolutely. I, I lived a paleo lifestyle for a long time. Huh. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I'm very ready for you. All right. <laughs> we're going. Um, what's the funniest kitchen in an incident you've ever dealt with? The funniest? Yeah. Oh, man. Like, I don't know, 12 years worth? <laughs> <laughs> Is it really that many? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been cooking professionally. I graduated culinary school in 04. So what is that? Wow. Fif- 15? 15 years. Mm-hmm. And then a few years leading into that. But I mean, everything's funny. I don't know. I'm on the spot. (laughs) That's a good thing. There's some good ones, though. Like, um, I have this one line cook who, her name's Sarah, but she is so gifted at impersonations (laughs) that everyone would be like, ooh, do me, do me. And then she'll like, she like kind of like straightens her face out and like she would do something and you'd be like, do I do that? And it's hysterical because it's not funny when it's you because you're like, no. I don't sound like that. But then like when she does everyone else around you, like, like that's so them. It's so oh. funny. She's just really great at accents and your mannerisms. Like she's really like acute. Yeah. Oh, wow. all that, you know, it's really it doesn't awesome. it really come down to who you're working with. Oh, hundred percent. I, I spend more time with them than I do my partner, you know, yeah. like, and he and I live together yes. <laughs> and I, I spend time with my sous chefs and cooks you know, 50, 60 hours a week. So. Do you intentionally try to hire for diversity? Diversity? Um, and inclusion. Diversity kind of happens organically. In, for you? For me. Oh, yeah. good. I, it I doesn't have, always. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, in, in the restaurants, you know, you get so many different ethnicities, not to mention gender. Like, you know, so my kitchen is very diverse. You know, my sous chefs are from different parts of the world. And like, um, wow, I love that. Yeah, so we we are very diverse, but do I did I cultivate it? No, I just it happens. I don't know, you know. Like I'm lucky in that sense, and and like I said, we're very heavy female, and um, so yeah, we're diverse, but just by. Do you ever hire men just to even out or to get a different dynamic and to get the a difference of perspective? Um, no, I honestly, what I hire for is, you know, obviously I look for your technique and your, you know, where you've come from and like, are you a good cook yet? Sure. We're not, I, I'm not totally keen on like hiring green, like straight out of zero, zero, uh, experience mm-hmm. if the person's right. But more so I, I look to hire for a little bit of everything. Like you have some experience, but your personality, 
Yes. Like when I bring an interviewee in, they spend time with every single person on every station that works that day and everyone gets a say. Like I'm hiring your new best friend. So if you feel like you're not going to get along, tell me now so I don't have to deal with it later because there's nothing worse than firing people. How smart. You know, so Sorry, like everybody chime in. Like if you had a bad feeling, if you saw him like, was he eating too much or like, was he dirty? Like, Ooh. these are things that I want to know because right. I can't see everything. Like when we have, we do, they're called stages. They're working interviews. Um, when you have someone into stage, like, I, at Bardot, when I'm working, I'm also on a station. I don't just stand there and chat and, and chat wipe the with plates. the plates. Yeah, I'm I'm actually cooking my own proteins and you know making my own sauces and things. And so, you know, if I and my sous chefs also can't see everything, so my trusty line cooks, it's kind of their call. You know, like when we bring someone new into our little community, it's important that everybody's on board. So, what's That's your awesome. track record doing it this way? Really good. Um, Nutrition. Yeah, we have a retention and we have a high retention rate. Um, when we do lose people, it's usually, gosh, I can't, we haven't even really lost anybody in a while. I, I'm fabulous. losing someone now who's going to, he, I don't have any like sous chef positions open. And so he's going to go and kind of pursue a more managerial oh. role, mm-hmm. which absolutely. Can I make a phone call for you? You know, like, oh, bro. that's so awesome. Yeah. I mean, I hate to see you go. I hate that I have to like interview. It's the worst part of my job, hands yeah. down. But, <laughs> We haven't lost anybody just like, you know, our, our retention's good. That's We're lucky. fabulous. And, and the climate in Denver, it's hard to find people. It's really, really hard. Really hard. I've been looking to replace that one cook for two weeks and I have yet to do it. Really? Wow. Why is just because in Denver specifically? No, it's everywhere. Oh. Um, it's, it's, I don't know, like there's we're flooded with restaurants oh, and so yes. so the That's cooks true. the hourly people who are seeking they don't necessarily need to be line cooks anymore they can jump straight into sous chefdom wow. which isn't a good smart move in my opinion if you just jump right into it one like you're making way too much money you should have to work for beans and rice you know and get strong mm-hmm. and get acclimated you know mm-hmm. i it's just it's it's such a a mess like you know, we need people, but nobody responds to ads unless I put sous chef on it. And so if wow. I put sous chef really? on it, you know, okay, well, you're the sous chef of the pantry station. <laughs> like, you know, so we're trying to find Asterisk. creative ways to like bring people in. But, you know, I have a pretty good social media um, presence. So we just try doing it there. Mm-hmm. We try doing it on Facebook just to attract people. But there's so many beautiful restaurants and chefs in Denver that, you know, we just had, it's kind of hard to stay relevant. You know, you just have to keep pushing and redefining and, you know, changing. It's now, did you get the social media success? Did you have it before top chef or did it help you in terms of, Oh yeah. Um, before top chef, actually Blake, my boyfriend and I, we, we took a note. We're like, how many Instagram followers do you had? I think I had like 350 or something. <laughs> and then so we made a bet. We said by the the show starts to air, I think it was like October or something. And so we said, let's check in and see. see how let's many. make bets on how many you have. I think it was on the new year. And I said something like, I'll have 500. And he was like, I bet you have like 5,000 or something. And now I have 22,000. Oh, wow. my God. You know what I mean? So It's because you're so likable on the show. <laughs> yeah. But we way underestimated. And like, and that's fabulous. And they didn't like teach you how to uh, be prepared. Like, 
put your things on private or go through it and make sure you don't Dude. have, oh my you God. know, incriminating pictures when you didn't care, you know, yeah. like, and so all of a sudden you're like, oh shoot, turn it private or delete it or, you know, but yeah. so that was, that was, that was a fun weekend. Well, that was something to learn the tough oh, way. Yeah. That's awesome. It's so That's funny awesome. that they don't like, you know how they like coach NBA players to go in? Like yeah. you're, you're drafted out of high school where they need top chef needs to do that. Yes. And be All like, this is what's going to happen to you. And yeah. Because they're just like, all right, jump out, have at it. And you're like, what do I do now? Yeah. And they don't give you any. That's interesting. Have you had to deal with any like trolls? Trolls? Like people like being mean. Yeah. Like yeah. People just being dicks. No, no. I was, like you said, I was pretty likable. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't make <laughs> any. That's pretty likable. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Look I at the way she any. says it. I love it. <laughs> I'm just a joy enemies. to be with. Yeah. Look at me. <laughs> I'm all sunshine over here. But um, but some of my uh, castmates did. Absolutely. Wow, what a um, nightmare. It's scary. I would not handle that well. I wouldn't either. And to the point where we were like, guys, you just have to stop looking. You can turn comments yeah. off. Yeah. Um, you know, and just people just hating. Like, don't you have other things to do? Yeah. You know, like, haters. Take, you know, haters will be haters. Yeah. They're just taking time out of their <laughs> haters day to make will be haters. Feel so you like Say it? that again. Haters will be haters. <laughs> And what was, we used to say, um, yeah. we used to call it the haterade. You, you said, need to stop drinking the haterade. The haterade. Oh, yeah, that's what we used one. to say to the kids. Cause they do, would you just, know, do you know what a troll is? Yes. You do. It's an okay. uh, internet stalker, right? I mean, uh, uh, well, they're Someone ugly. They're mean. you in a negative way. In a negative way. Yes. yes. Yeah. Dang it. I was hoping you wouldn't know that one oh. since I didn't know Gilligan Island. I thought I would get you back. <laughs> no, we, we had a couple. Um, there was a woman, and I can't remember. She, Ribbit, Rebit is the, she started that, and she ended up having a troll that went after her and wanted, said, I'm going to come and kill you in your home. And, oh, and oh, so God. it was a big thing where um, she was getting all the negative publicity, they think, because she was very masculine alpha woman, and people weren't dealing well with it. Uh, so, yeah. So I was. I'm very lucky. I haven't had any. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some people are like, "That looks stupid." Like, yeah. whatever. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, know. who asked you? Not yeah. me. <laughs> I'm not very controversial in that sense. You know, like I don't. Yeah. No, that's I'm good. Lucky. But I, I feel for my friends who had to deal with it. Like, it really, yeah. really sucks. Yeah. So you, you feel like you seem to really love where you're at. What's next? Oh, what's next? Um, well, we touched on Fancy Toast. So I'm, <laughs> I'm working on a Fancy Toast concept. Um, As a new restaurant? Yeah. Well, I, I love what it's going to be called. I, I mean, I've been bouncing off my friends, but like, I don't want to call it Fancy Toast. And, no. Because it's more than just that. I'm more than just that. Right. But I've, you know, and right back to me and my dad, I've always just wanted to do breakfast. And ah. I love breakfast. I did... Um, I did very well on the show in all the breakfast challenges. You guys don't know this yet, but I just did beat Bobby Flay. <gasps> you did? Yeah, I just we just wrapped a couple weeks. Did you ago. Beat, did you beat him? You probably can't say. Can you say? I don't can know you say? What I'm supposed to say. <laughs> but oh um, my god, this yeah. is so exciting! So beat Bobby Flay was really fun. I just saw that advertised, and I wanted to start watching it. Yeah, yeah. I I'm the season opener, and I think it'll what? be in October. It was really fun. Mike, I'm rooting for you. Thank you. I challenged him to huevos rancheros, uh, which is you know very Colorado, very yes. you know, um, and is a what a great experience. But going back to it, you know, another breakfast win for me. So I just I really feel like it's you know, setting you up. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's your next calling. Yeah. Breakfast so is your thing. I, I can't wait. I mean, I've always been a morning person too. I'm very good at that. Yeah. Um, so I just really feel like this is, hopefully it works out, you know, my my next evolution. You we know, are like, so tickled for you. Thank this you. is so great. Yeah. I, I hope it, I, all, I, all I've ever wanted, the goal always, even when I was little, was just self-employment. That's yeah. all I ever wanted. Like never, I never said the word entrepreneur, but I was always like, I just want to be self-employed. Be your own boss. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, you know, I just wanted to keep my own hours and do what I want. And, you know, and um, so here we go. You're going to be successful. Well, thank and you. what a way, what the, coming full circle, oh. doing the breakfast after yeah. that was the whole thing with your oh, dad. That's what so just cute. I actually just saw my dad. My dad lives in a, a assisted living in Montana and oh. we just celebrated his birthday this mm-hmm. weekend. And he was like, are you going to open your restaurant soon? And I said, yeah, I'm going to do fancy toast. It's going to be breakfast. And he was like, can I work there? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I mean, my dad's in a wheelchair. So of course you can, dad. And he was like, I was like, what do you want to do? And I, I'm thinking that he would be like, you know, maybe something a bit reasonable, like maybe I'll like work the cash register. So he's like, I'm going to be your sous chef. Oh my I was God. Like, Dad, <laughs> you're adorable, but it's yeah. so funny. But yeah, you're like, like, the plan was for you to pour the coffee. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're just supposed to be cute and sit front. And like... <laughs> I'm not just a pretty face. Yeah. I've got value. <laughs> that's what Carrie's dad saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah He's yeah. the big personality in the front of the room. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. What a great way to end this. Oh, yeah. Well, I, mean, I can't wait to take Wendy to Bordeaux and, and the breakfast place. Fancy and toast. we would love to, we always invite ourselves to things. So we want to be invited <laughs> to your new restaurant launch. Well, and figure I mean, out how can we, we can get our... Can we also be invited to your Bobby Flay watch party? Oh, my gosh. Ooh. Heavy, yes. Can That's we be invited be to your family fun. Thanksgiving? Oh, my God. Yes. yes. <laughs> we love you. We're going to stalk you now. <laughs> well, we we may be your first positive troll. Oh, nice. If there's positive troll. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're a Carrie wannabe group. Nice. Oh, there we go. Yes. <laughs> but yes, um, I want you to come to all of those things. Oh, Yay! So sweet. <laughs> this has been great. Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I can see why you have a crush on her. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you have to take pictures of us. I've just sent it to Jimena. Oh, Hem- good. Jimena even has more of a crush. Oh, my God. Jimena's nice. huge top shot. I love it. Well, thanks, Carrie. That was so fun. Yeah, I had a great time. Thank you. Well, that was fabulous. Yes. Um, One of our best interviews. I know. It was so fun to have. I feel like we get kind of sucked into the tech world because that's what you and I are in. But there's a lot of other industries that have some issues and so what was, was cool so to talk to her what was so cool walking out about it with her mm-hmm. is we were chatting about whether coolest women's profit matters programs could help her come up with some ideas of how to raise funding yeah and it was so neat she went sure i'll talk to you i'll present i'll see if you have some ideas and she was so <laughs> cute wasn't she oh yeah oh i just well, i really want to hang out with her i don't want to sound like a stalker but well, I hope maybe she she'll starts... come to our World Cup party. Oh, I love it. Hopefully. Okay, that's great. I just walked away from it thinking, oh, I hope my new, my next boss has the energy she does. And it's all her so stories true. she told about how much she cares about her employees oh. and has their back. I was just oh. like, oh, you're my dream boss. I know. I totally agree. <laughs> I totally agree. This is one of my favorite segments. You know this. <laughs> it's the Big Girl Spotlight. Big Girl Spotlight. So you you have someone for the us BGS. today. 
Love it. BGS. <laughs> okay. I actually have not just one person. I have a whole little soccer team. Oh, and you, this is your favorite. I know. Boy, I'm still, we have I'm a still lot on the of soccer, soccer theme. I know. Yeah. I'll let it go after the World Cup. You got it. I'm into it now. I'm okay. I'm leaning into it with you. Thank you. So my big girl spotlight is a U12 girls Barcelona youth soccer team that recently went 30 and 0 in their male U12 soccer league. (gasps) I love these people. Spanish football rules state that until players reach the under 16 age group, players of all genders are able to mix. The New York Times reports that Barca's hierarchy made the decision this year to insert their U-12s and U-14s girl teams into their respective age group's male leagues. The result? Complete and utter domination from the U-12 squad. Wow! Despite one player being told by a teacher that football is not a suitable pastime for a girl at school. (laughs) A suitable pastime? Who talks like that? I don't know. The women's team recorded a 100% winning ratio as well as notching 329 goals throughout the season. Celia Segura scored 121 goals in this period, which is more than twice as many as her nearest challenger. I love it. Maria Tador, the overseer of Barcelona's women's football, says for the boys, it helps to normalize girls playing soccer at the same level as them. For the girls, it empowers them that there is no reason that they cannot play at the same level. Tador also states that there is potential for shared training for all genders in the future. Isn't that so cool? That's so cool. And Wendy's taking a picture of me talking about this. Because you're I'm so like, cute. Just in your, up. You look in your tank top with your your McDonald's <laughs> iced tea, your dollar McDonald's iced tea. You're just so cute. Oh, thanks, Wendy. Oh, I love that story. Isn't that great? I wish we could do something for him. That, yeah. To tell him we, we just love him. Right? Yeah, let's brainstorm on that. Okay. I was going to have my big girl spotlight just be Celia Segura, the girl no, that I'll... scored 121 goals. But then I was like, team whole team. T- whole, whole team. team. I agree. I agree. So, yeah, that is just freaking awesome. It I wish is I awesome. could go watch them play. That'd Me be too. so awesome. Me too. So, I'm going to be watching them. Yeah. Maybe they'll come here for a tournament or something. That would be great. Because Dick's Sporting Goods in Colorado gets a lot of um, international, international games because it's one of the nicest oh, it's stadiums great. in the country. Oh, it's so fabulous. So, maybe I love they'll it. go there. I love it. <laughs> Great big girl spotlight. Thanks Thank for highlighting you. that. You're and I welcome. like when you do younger, younger kids and girls, right? Yeah, we're just everybody. It's so diverse. <laughs> Aren't we just what everyone wants to be in terms of gender, <laughs> gender and and inclusive inclusivity? We're definitely no. nailing the age diversity because we had seventy six year old. Nobel Prize totally to U twelve girls soccer. Team. And what else I like about us is we're so modest. Right about modest. Yeah, we're not modest. That was sarcasm. Oh, because we're talking about how, how good we, we are. are. <laughs> You're right. So humble. So another episode closes, and it was fabulous. Yes, it was. Thank you so much for listening. Yep, and we'll see you at the party. Thank you for listening to this episode of Big Girl Money. We appreciate your support. If you want to follow us in other ways, we're on Instagram and Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook. And remember, we love getting email mm-hmm. about your questions and stories. I mean, it knowing that we can make an impact mm-hmm. is one of the reasons we love doing this so much. So email us at biggirlmoneypodcast at gmail.com. And check out our website, which is biggirlmoney.com. So if you like us, 
That makes all the big difference in the world. So what do they do, Ronnie, if they like us? Well, Wendy, let me tell you. If they <laughs> like us, they should leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast so others can find us. Yeah, and please share it so that other people can find us too. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye.